I'm Paul Kimball. I'm Dylan Garland. And we're about to go Beyond Haunted. So we're uh, flying solo tonight. Well, flying duo, I suppose. Flying solo as a team. Holly couldn't make it, so um, although she's in the episode, so you saw her in the episode. So it's going to be Dylan and I talking about Holly for the next half hour. That's is that what we're doing? No, because lots of stuff happened to us. So well, I think we need to get the elephant out of the room first here, and uh, I'm assuming I'm going to get a lot of emails and tweets about this. And I just had to to kind of you know clear the table, get it off my chest, and uh, yeah. No, I, I did not get a perm for this episode. He looks awesome. Hashtag perm Dylan. Well, it's funny because I usually don't take my hat off in most episodes, but the, it was pretty hot in there. It was a muggy building. So I took my toque off, you know, in the end of April. I didn't realize how big my hair was. It was really hot in there. Like that theater was really hot. And it was. It ha- they have ceiling fans. So the ceiling fans are used to circulate air. We turn the ceiling fans off because the ceiling fans have a habit of creating sound artifacts and whatever that could, you could confuse them with ghosts or demons or whatever. So we take all that stuff out (laughs) and we said, nope, we're not, you know, no ceiling fans so that we know it's not that. The problem with that is it makes the place really, really hot. Yep. The good news is there was so much existential paranormal cold going on that if you waited long enough, you could yep. find, or if you let Dylan walk around you and trail the cold or whatever, you could find a place or a time where you could probably get really, really chilled. And I did um, in more than one place. You, almost, actually, almost every place now that I think of it. Stage, check. Balcony, check. Yep. Basement, check Yep, that pretty much covers everything. Episode-wise, because this is episode four of the series, I think you're 4-0 with the cold. I think I've been keeping track of that on Twitter. And if people hear this tonight... That's because I'm five and oh, I actually have a cold right now. <laughs> so I'm sucking on a Hall's uh, triple action menthol, whatever cough drops. So uh, we are not sponsored. No. So sorry if you hear every now and then. That's not a porg. That's just me with a uh, with a cough drop. <laughs> the por- Never mind. I'm not going to get into Star Wars talk. So uh, a lot of stuff happened this episode. Um, I got some theories that I've been thinking about today, but I, I, I got to ask you. Because I felt bizarre in that room. And we talked a little bit about that last week. The oppressive room. Next to the Miss Gorham room. Um, or the Gorham room. Uh, what were you f- feeling once you passed through that room into the Gorham room? Because you seemed to be not so bothered. It was more or less that space and almost that door frame that connected the two where it was almost turning on and off. Whatever I felt when I went in there, I felt as I went in the room. And then it really did sort of disappear and dissipate as I left the room and went into Mrs. We call it Mrs. Gorham's room. You know, the, there was cold when I walked between the two doors and Holly did get a temperature drop. Uh, you know, I don't know how significant it was. It wasn't like a six degree temperature drop in 10 seconds. It was, as I recall, it was about a degree in maybe a minute or something like that. But still, you know, it was a temperature drop and I definitely felt something. But that that one I'm willing to chalk up to probably being a drafty building, even though we're upstairs. Sure. Uh you know, I, I didn't find that one particularly interesting. Uh, it was just a little uncomfortable. The uh, the one on the stage I found interesting, which is in the previous episode, because you and I both felt it. The one you sent to me, and then once you said not to go to me, I didn't feel it anymore. Yeah, that was a weird one. Yeah, and, and then I continued to feel it, and I walked off the stage. And I think Holly's 
Uh, EDI, which measures temperature, among other things, also picked up a temperature drop, and there were some EMF fluctuations and stuff. Everything so was going nuts. So you're getting kind of a kind of a picture. I definitely felt cold up in the balcony, which is odd because that was the hottest place. You know, heat rises. It was yep. really hot up there, and um, and Kim sort of felt it too. I think, and Holly went over and said, "Yeah, you know, the little blue lights going off and uh, the temperatures going down, and we sort of see that." And that's where the voices were being heard, which was also really weird because some people would hear them, some people wouldn't, and uh, mm. and then in the basement. Yeah, there's there's zero question that when I was in the basement, it got really cold, really fast, and people can see the sort of temperature kind of graphic that I put up to illustrate that. Yeah, but um, I had no idea that the shadows that you see on the wall were happening because I I couldn't see the camera, I couldn't see anything. It was dark. Um, yeah, a lot of the stuff that we show, I think, in the in the show itself, is stuff that we missed live. Because I mean, Jim's only one guy. He right. can't be watching four screens at once, you know, so we do miss stuff. No, and well, he, he does watch the four screens, but if you're looking at one, exactly. you might yeah, not see I mean. the other one. Yeah. And uh, in terms of the shadowy stuff, uh, that's the kind of thing where you can time code it. Mm -hmm. I know exactly when that happened because there's time code on the CCTVs and it's like, boom, that happened. And then five, six, seven minutes later, something like that is when I fled from the uh, from the room. So it's all happening in and around the same period of time. Yes, there's a little time compression within the episode because I can't just show seven minutes of me sitting there. Um, but... Yeah, well, we weren't only there for 40 minutes, so, you know. No. It's the power of editing. No, yeah, no, that's... <laughs> so you kind of... But it's all within the same ballpark, which is why I put timestamps up to kind of show, yeah, okay, that was, say, 2.41 and now it's 2.52. At least people get an idea of the, the time um, compression. Mm -hmm. But, uh, yeah, so the cold was a, a recurring theme. And um, to me, the most interesting thing in the episode, that's a good one. What's the most interesting thing? I didn't hear it when I was up there, but the Haya. And I, yeah. I had trouble getting people to hear that. When I heard it on the audio, I immediately heard it. And I went, okay, I hear it. Yep. A lot of other people, I would play it for them, and they wouldn't hear anything. They go, mm, it's not there. So, there, you know, we boost. I boosted it in post. So when you hear Haya in the show... That is an enhanced version of what was actually on the the audio recorder because it is it was very low, very very low in the mix on Holly's yep. audio recorder, but it's there, and she heard it and Kim heard it and I can't remember who else heard it. Was it Chelsea or you? Uh, Chelsea. I, I can't say either or right now because there were those two noises and I keep mixing them up. But yeah, there was I think one it was more Chelsea because there one one uh, there was one that only the women heard and then one that only the men heard. Correct. If no, I remember right? There was one where only the women heard it, and that was, I think, the Haya. Right. The other one, you heard it as well as Hall. The, uh, right. Yeah. yeah. Chelsea yeah. had her yeah. headphones on, and I was speaking. So we didn't hear because we had other sounds going on in our ears at that time. Yeah. That one actually doesn't exist on the digital audio recorders, which is why you don't hear a replay in the episode. Really? Yeah. That's interesting. It's, if it's there, it's so faint that it wasn't, that I couldn't find it. Wow. And, you know, I tried. I, you know, you enhance it to try and find that sound. I, I couldn't find it. But the Heyo was definitely there. And the interesting thing was the before and after when I matched, because I had an audio recorder and I'm standing about 20 feet away. Yes, that freaked me out a little bit. So you can link them together and you can layer one on top of the other and say, great, what was happening on Paul's audio recorder? Did he get the Heyo too? Mm -hmm. Nope, no Heyo on mine. On mine, instead, you get the seat moving nearby me, even though there's, at least on the camera, there was no seat moving. I didn't move a seat. Nope. And also then you hear the shortly after, so it's seat moving and then, yeah, and then 
which is me sort of doing the footsteps going by right here. Right. And so when you sync those two things up, you realize that it sounds like there were more than one thing happening on that balcony at that time. And so that makes it, that's interesting to me. It, it, the, the whole, um, the whole day or night was bizarre to me. I want to wrap back around to the, the room just very quickly. Um, cause we, we kind of talked about this last, last week and, and I think I mentioned that I can't remember if this was on the air or off the air, um, that I felt like that oppressive room was a warning to us. I believe I mentioned that in last week's episode. What are your thoughts on that? You know, cause it did feel weird. And I know you're, you're, you're the skeptic, funny enough, skeptic with beliefs. Um, what, what do you think was happening before we jump into the balcony in the, the basement here? Cause I got a few questions for you about the basement. Hmm. Was it a warning? I, I don't know. Um, what happened in that room was the least interesting thing that happened to me in episode two. Sure. Um, part, not part two. Uh, n- sorry. In part two, right. Episode four, not uninteresting, mm-hmm. but very much touchy feely. Okay, so there's cool. there's nothing like I can point to the Haya. It's on the tape recorder. I can point to the and you know seat rustling. It's on the tape recorder as right. well as people hearing it. I can point to the shadows on the wall. At least there they are. At mm-hmm. the same time as I'm in that room and there's nobody else down there. So I you know that's all more tangible than right. There's feelings. multiple there's yeah, multiple sure. pieces going on there. With this thing in the room, I can just tell you that it felt weird mm-hmm. and you know oppressive. And it's more of a tone poem as opposed to anything even remotely resembling evidence. So, you know, would I look at that and say it was a warning or something? I don't know. It could be my own mind telling me. Now, the door being closed up there. Yeah, that was weird, too. That is different. And that I still I don't know what the explanation for that is, because that door was uh, not supposed to be like that. And we looked into it. There was a jander in the building. But we kind of knew where the jander was at all times. None of our people went up there and closed that door. And I believe she left almost immediately because mm-hmm. there was a mix-up in the schedule. And, and Right. We said, hey, we're filming. scared the hell out of us. Yeah, no. It wasn't <laughs> the only time in the course of the shoot that I either a janitor scared us or or we. I, I almost gave a jander in Seminary House a heart oh attack. Oh, my God. I forgot about that. So the people that run these places probably should tell their <laughs> custodial staff that there's a TV crew coming in to film a ghost show. And they're going to be there at 2 in the morning because yeah. that scream in Seminary House, you'll see that in season two, permeated throughout the entire campus of Acadia <laughs> University. You might have been able to hear that in Canning. But yeah, that the door thing, there was definitely some weird stuff going on. And it harkens back to episode three, which was part one of the Aster, where I'm in the bathroom and I could hear the steps, you know, just yeah. above me. Yeah. And Holly also heard something. So there was a lot, there were sounds, there were things happening. There's no question about that. It's just when I was in the room myself, it was more of a feeling. And, le- you know, I didn't hear anything. I didn't, uh, you know, I don't have anything that I could say, hey, look, here's evidence. Uh, we've got this or that it's just right. and it felt really weird that's that's it was bizarre um so i i realized something when i was watching this episode and it, and it, it freaked me out a little bit because just the timing of everything um i i've been running through okay what what happened and which way did it happen did you notice that it was almost as if something was individually getting us to go to the balcony because holly heard a noise you heard a noise kim heard a noise so she goes up there and the second that all of us, aside from Jim, because Jim's watching the monitors, all of us are sitting down in one way or another on this balcony, and then we start hearing stuff from the stage. Mm. I, I thought it was a funny thought that something got us up there to do a little performance. And we were just like, what the hell was that? Okay, moving on. Yeah, no, it's it's weird. I think there was, um, 
if you want to look at it that way, there was something leading us around the entire night. So there's the, yeah. the time when Holly's on this balcony after that, and uh, you and I were checking out the light on the stage because she had seen something right. from the balcony. Yeah. yeah, And we can't show you that, folks, because we didn't have a camera on it when the light was there. No. We didn't have a camera on Holly. It's just one of those things that happens off camera. And she says, look, can you go check it out? And then we start filming it as we're checking it out. And that's when she yells down from the um, balcony, you know, hey, with her theory, I think something might be following you, Paul. And may, I don't know, maybe it was. But it was one of those nights Dylan and I are on the balcony, sorry, on the stage. And we kind of joke. Like at that point, I think it was two. I'd have to check the episode to see what exactly time it was. But it was around two o'clock somewhere in the morning. And we hadn't even begun to film in the basement yet. And we've been talking about it for about three hours, I think, at that point. Yeah, like we're going to go do it right after we do this. And then we'd do this and something else would come up. And it was leading us, as you would say, like around. And we finally just said, that's it. There's we're no more. To, we got to yeah. go do the basement. You know, the basement, there was weird stuff that happened that just didn't make the episode. And so that what, that's what makes it, for me, even a little weirder, what was going on with me down there, which is... Um, strange stuff in the shadows because it wasn't the only thing. So what you see in the episode, folks, is not the only thing that was happening in the basement. Um, so the basement was definitely, you know, it's a good way to finish the episode. Um, and yeah, like I fled. <laughs> you did. And, and it's funny too, because you were there a little longer than what the episode makes it look like. Like you... It's about 40. I was there for about 35 or 40 minutes. And I I was nearby Chelsea at the time because she didn't want to be in that room alone. And I was the only one that could really move around at the time because I gave you the camera. I set it up and I bailed. Right. And, I can admit. And so Chelsea was there alone for 10 or 15 minutes. And then she called Dylan down. And yeah. You could see Dylan on the CCTV walk in and she didn't want to be alone. I wussed out. Um, you, because I've seen you in a lot of places. I mean, you've spent hours in these very weird dark basements are your thing as you'll see throughout the show. Um, and you just go and, and you don't really get that freaked out very often. This was like a growing anxiety for you. And I, I haven't seen it quite the same sense except for a place later on. I won't tease or spoil. Um, but even then it was more of a sudden thing. This was like a rising anxiety for you, which is weird. What, what was happening down there? Was it just the feeling of the place or were you seeing stuff? Cause I remember, a couple of times you would flash a flashlight, it's on the episode, and then just kind of put it down and stay silent for a second. What you don't see is there's a doorway behind me. So I'm sitting looking at the camera. Behind me, there's a door. Behind that door is an even bigger room full of just junk. And it's really big. And so that entire area under the stage is quite large. The room I was in had an, another room beyond it that was even larger. And so with that door behind me, it was almost like, you know, I'm sort of, you've, been to restaurants and stuff with me. I do the Wild Bill Hickok thing. I like to sit with my back to the wall. Right. Yes. Because, you know, I don't want anybody sneaking <laughs> up on me ever. Which is funny. So here I was sitting and my back wasn't to the wall. It was to an open door, which was going even further into the basement. And so that that yeah. leads to some anxiety. Uh, did I hear anything? Yeah, there's a couple of rattling sounds and stuff, but folks will also notice there were rat traps in the basement. Yep. So if I hear a rattling sound, I'm perfectly willing to stipulate that that could well have been a rat rattling. Sure. Which uh, is frightening in and of itself because I don't like rats, but... It is, but it, it, the one thing that the rats didn't do was cause the shadows on the wall. So. No. You had left up a light. When I'm sitting in there, there was no light down there. So unless I want to hold a flashlight up to my face like kids do at Halloween, yeah, you, there was a light coming into the room to illuminate me so that people could see me, frankly. The LED light. that it, when you Whenever you see me on one of the CCTV cameras and, and there's, you know brightness coming from the top of the camera. I've got a very small LED light 
to light you guys. And that's what I believe I left on mm-hmm. top of the camera when you were down there. Yeah. Right. You can see just a hint of that in the corner of the door because mm-hmm. it's around the door because I'm around the door in a different room. Um, that gets blocked out by one of the shadows. So right. it's something coming between, and I use the oh, term that shadows. light. Right. Okay, but there's yeah, a little yes, hint of that. Sure. There's a very bright light, like a little sliver. It was a much brighter yeah. light coming in on me. Yes. But from the CCTV camera, you can only see this little sliver in the doorway. Mm-hmm. And one of the, let's call it shadows, whatever you want to call it, comes down and blocks that out. There's something between that light and, and the, wall. the CCTV camera. Yeesh. And Yeesh. that CCTV camera, it's important for folks to know too, um, I think you can see this. I in There's two shots. It's the same shot. I've just zoomed in on the second one because that camera was quite a ways back. Oh, yeah. And yeah. so to give a sort of a better vision, uh, I show it from the um, almost the full angle all the way back. And then I, I do a cut and it's in. It's like, look, here it is. Close up. Boom, boom, boom. Um, you know, that, that had a wide range of stuff. If there was somebody, including a rat, standing there mm-hmm. making those shadows or making anything, you'd see them. Because they were, they'd be in that shot. They are not in that shot. There is nobody there. There is me around the corner and through a door and there's Chelsea. And I think you might've been there by that point about say 50 or 60 feet away through the rest of the basement, then outside another door that was closed. Oh, we kept it closed the whole time until you called me down. Right. The only rat that could make a shadow like that would be the proud father of four mutant turtles. I was just thinking I don't think he was down there. Yeah. 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 Um, (laughs) So... You know, the, to me, the, like everybody had a, something for Holly and Kim, it was the voice. Yeah. For me, it was the shadows, but theirs was experienced right then, right there. Mine, I didn't sort of realize until, I don't know, four weeks later when I was back at the office reviewing the footage Yeah, and I went, Ooh, this looks weird. And then I showed it to you. And what do you think? And you went, yeah, that looks weird. I think that was the response and cool. Well, we better put this in the show then. Yeah. And it's worth noting too. There were other shadows. There were shadows on the balcony that initially had Dylan and I going, holy cow, this is like the mother load of evidence. Because people had we seen shadows gold. on the balcony. This is this is gold, folks. We got people talking. We got shadows. And then we figured out what it was. Yeah. we And it, so it's not in the episode. We debunked it. It was Holly downstairs. I think it was Holly. might have been Kim. Mm-hmm. Walking in front of a light that we had set up. And it was projecting psh, way up on. It was really cool shadow. Mm-hmm. But, you know, debunked. Yeah. We go through that with everything we see. Um, it's very trial here. and error for us. It's like, okay, what could it could it be? Is it this? No. Is it this? No. And then once we get to the point where, oh, it is that. Cool. All right, moving on. Right. And so we sort of joke amongst ourselves, and maybe we mention it in an episode or something like Occam's Razor, ghosts. Um, but <laughs> Or demons. But we work the other way. We actually say um, Occam's Razor, anything but ghosts yeah. or demons. Uh, what could it be? Check, check, check. Nope, it's none of those. It's the Sherlock Holmes thing. Eliminate all the things that you think it could be, and then you're left with something else. Yep. So the same thing is true of Holly's in the Queens County Museum. We went through that with a fine-tooth comb, ruled anything out that we could possibly think of that it could have been. Boom. You will see that next week uh, trailer in the Cooper's Inn episode where we get an audio anomaly. You'll see the sort of going through it in episode six, two weeks from now, but we go through all this stuff. And we, you know, we're skeptics. We try and rule these things out. Yeah. So when we see, if somebody's out there and can say, look, we can tell you exactly what that shadow thing is, or that, hey, we can tell you exactly what that is. Cool. We will do an episode of Beyond Haunted where we say, hey, we heard from Bob in, you know, 
uh, Yarmouth, Nova Scotia, and Bob says it's this, and we checked out, and it looks like, hey, Bob might be right. All right. Yeah, sure. Mystery solved. Yeah. Um, go ahead and explain the other eight things, Bob. But that's we're happy to do that. It's just we've gone through that process ourselves. And the more, I don't know about you, but for me, the more we did this throughout the season uh, and the more weird things happen, the more I tried to explain them. It has this sort of weird, yeah. you, would, you would think that when weird things would happen, you'd kind of go, oh, it's, I'm just, now I believe it's ghosts. Everything has to be ghosts. <laughs> no, for me, it's like, these are weird things. And the more that they're happening, the more I actually want to explain them. Because sure. the alternative for me is, you know, demons or ghosts or whatever. Which is always a terrifying thought. Ghosts good, demons bad. Well, I mean, and on the shadow thing downstairs too, I there are hundreds of hours of CCTV footage that I haven't gone through every single minute, but I've seen quite a bit of it. So I have to log it. I have to go through things. Whenever I think I saw something, I like to go back because Jim actually makes notes while he's he's watching the CCTV and he'll give us notes it's like something happened here or we did this or, or whatever, just for editing purposes. He helps out quite a bit. I mean, I know the difference between a uh, artifact for the camera, a dust particle mm -hmm. or orbs to every other ghost show orbs uh or you know so i i'm learning these things you know it's like hey you meet somebody uh, they're your friend and then the more you hang out with them the more you know about them same thing with these cameras i know more about what these cameras do now and that shadow is weird yeah i mean it's, it is it's kind of like a friend like hey bob just getting to know you bob cool and then you know weeks later you go hey bob and bob goes hey we're friends now right yeah and then Bob says, well, I got something to tell you. Okay, you're going to reveal something about yourself. This is cool. And then he, he takes off his face and he goes, I'm Gorgon. It, you didn't funny. see that coming, did you? I had to, no. get, I had to get Gorgon in here somewhere. You got, you got to fit him in. If, if he doesn't get in these episodes, it just feels like it's a waste of everybody's time, I think. Well, if he doesn't get in these episodes, he shows up on television next season and goes, listen. You know, so. hey, hey, pal. Yeah. Knock it off. Yeah. Um, well, uh, I'll take the Gorgon joke into something that I wanted to ask you to. Um, so Bob and Gorgon, those would be like, you know, two two separate sides of a coin. I had a theory for this episode. Um, what are your thoughts on something hauling us both ways? Because I have this theory that whatever was hauling us upstairs was, again, I'm, 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 I'm pretty convinced it was a warning. For the we're theorizing, folks, so don't take this as gospel. This is a segment we like to call Theorizing. Yes, that was our, our new robot. Um, that theme music was awesome. Had citizenship. Now, uh, what? I'll tell you the AI citizenship story. Wait, did we just wander into Battlestar Galactica? Well, we're, we're close. Um, yeah. The funny thing is, and we, we mentioned this earlier in the in the in this podcast, and we mentioned on the show, something kept us out of that basement for three hours straight. Every mm -hmm. time we tried to go down there and shoot, no, 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 we got to go do this, we got to do that, and it was always hauling us upstairs for whatever reason. Mm. Do you think that we were dealing with two different things? One of them was like, "Don't do that," because just don't, mm. and the other thing was like, "No, come down here. I got I got treats. Come on." Yeah, I, I hadn't thought about that. I'll buy the warning one more than the I've got treats um, because sure. I know what kind of treats it would have. You know, there'd be a trail of cookies and 
uh, signed Jessica Alba posters or something leading me into the into the basement. Um, look, look, ladies folks, and gentlemen, this episode has been brought to you by 2006 references. <laughs> listen, I've ever since Fantastic Four, I've had a huge crush on Jessica Alba. What can I tell you? She is the finest actress of our generation. At least you're being honest. Yeah, exactly. So, um, I mean, seriously, she was great in Fantastic Four. I was actually making a, a pun about her company. Well, she was better than Kate Mara in Fantastic Four. I haven't seen it. The new, yeah. Well, at least at least Jessica Alba didn't have to wear a wig. Yeah, there you go. There you go. So, um, and yeah, weirdly enough, the Doctor Doom in the first Fantastic Four, as bad as he was, was actually better than the new Doctor Doom. So anyway, we've drifted into comic book geekdom there. Boom. Um, I'm probably the only person who could talk at length about both Fantastic Four movies and then also reference the Roger Corman version. And just, yeah. So back to ghosts. Um, she's kind of a ghost. Sue Storm's kind of, she turns invisible. She could I, be a I'll, ghost. I'll do the connection. We were in a theater. That's true. There you go. Movies are shown in theaters. Yeah. It's And indeed, uh, it's the kind of theater that I wish Jessica Alba would come up and you know, do a one-woman play at. So anyway, was there something that was warning us? All of Shakespeare's works, as done by Jessica Alba, in 90 minutes at the Astor Theater coming uh, to Liverpool, this Nova Scotia. This summer. This summer. So was somebody warning us, or not warning, was somebody trying to keep us away from something without revealing too much? Maybe. Mm-hmm. Maybe something's going, you know, in the basement. That's bad stuff. There's nothing good down there, but let's keep them distracted. And by the time four o'clock rolls around, they're going to pack up and go. I don't think paranormal entities think that way in terms of space and time. But they know our schedule. But yeah, exactly. These guys got to be back by uh, four o'clock. Oh, Dylan's so, Dylan's getting cranky. He'll be out of here in thirty minutes. <laughs> oh, that's easy to see. Um, wouldn't be Dylan that's getting cranky. It'd be- no. Well, funny enough, I think this is the one episode where we were hitting around five or six a.m. and we need a B-roll. And I had bargained with you. Oh, right. Yeah. And I believe I said, because in, in the next episode, you're going to see Cooper's, your narration says, after a day of much needed rest. Right. And I had asked you, all right, but I want tomorrow off. And you graciously gave that to us. Not only did I graciously give it to you, <laughs> it's worth noting, this will be me bumping myself up here, that we had, we still had to, it was five in the morning. We had to shoot all the B-roll or pretty much all the B-roll, like 85% of it in the place. Most yep. directors, I'm the director, would say, screw this. I'm gone. Like, you know, mm-hmm. camera monkeys, get this done. Bob's your uncle. Who stuck around? Like Holly left and Kim left. Are you throwing them under left. the bus? No, I'm not throwing them under the bus. There was no reason <laughs> for them to stay. But I stuck around because I believe. You did. I believe the director should be like Captain Kirk. First person on the planet, last person off. Yep. So, um. So yeah, there maybe they knew our schedule and you know it's like uh, they figured it out. Yeah, but was there something in the basement going come hither? I don't know. I didn't feel anything drawing me to the basement. It was just like we got to go down and shoot there because there's stories and things that would happen. And Kim had gone down and she would reported feeling something, but that didn't make a difference. We were going to go down and shoot there anyway. Mm-hmm. And it's worth noting I've been in that basement before. Actually, I think I note that in the episode. Yeah, you mentioned about the paraconference. Yes, um, and you know, dropping my trooper references too. And funnily enough, when I raise you know raise a little hell. Um, first of all, the Trooper fans, I did get the lyrics to We're Here for a Good Time 90% right. I think I screwed up one word in there somewhere. But uh, I got the chorus to raise a little hell right. The problem is I was walking into the basement. Oh, and things I like from this episode, uh, my riffing on groups of two animals or two or more animals, like a wisdom of wombats, a slice of lemmings, uh, 
for anybody that was on the set of Roundabout, a feature film I shot once where I, I sort of played final, uh, what is it, the March Madness of Animal Kingdom. Yep. Yeah, so that Ongoing was going kind of, tournaments. Exactly. So that this week, it's a mob of kangaroos versus a slice of lemmings. Everybody gets to vote, see who's more popular. But, and then my Yoda voice, uh, I, I use humor. So, you know, it was a, it was a strange place. I was tired. I, there's no question I was feeling tired by then. But a bunch of stuff had been going on. Uh, and I didn't particularly want to be there, but I also felt really weird. So mm-hmm. that's how I cope. And, uh, and then she says, look, I'm just, I'm, I don't want to go back there. And I went, cool. Okay. I'll take the hit for the team. And back I went. And I really thought somebody was going to come with me, but nobody, <laughs> nobody no, I, d- I didn't come. even want to go with you. I think you asked me to come shoot. Um, so, uh, about your Yoda voice, I, it's funny because the next day, um, because I had all the footage and all the audio, um, I was sitting in the, in our in our cottage at the time. And I heard, I was like, what is that? So I go to the door and we actually had a dizzy representative, uh, give us a cease and desist almost immediately for you. Oh, using your Yoda voice. So we can't do that anymore, folks. Actually, I can't do my Yoda voice now. Cause I have a, co- <clears throat> see, I can't get the grumble out. Cause my, my throat <clears> is wrong. <throat> <clears throat> Not happy. I am soup. All I will. <laughs> Um, so yeah, no, and that was not Yoda. That was Boda who, um, totally not a Disney character. Yeah. Who lives in a, a A desert, a a desert on a planet called Bagaba. Nice. Cool. Yeah. 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 Sometimes when you're doing this ghost investigating thing, it, you just get so weirded. Um, and Holly and I have been like this for years where you just kind of have to try and have some fun with it or, you know, just laugh it off or whatever. Um, unfortunately, every time you try and do that, it seems to me that it, uh, it doesn't work. And in fact, it can actually, if there is something out there, maybe you're even antagonizing it or, or whatever. I, you know, I don't know. I can't, are you co-creating? I don't know. It doesn't like to be ignored. Well, there is that possibility too. So overall, Astro Theater, what are your, what are your thoughts on, you know, what we went through and all that stuff? Because it, it was a very, like you say, it was very constant. We didn't have a break of just stuff happening, stuff happening, stuff happening. So your overall thoughts, I think personally... Um, but it was kind of the, the, the tale of two entities, let's call it that, where um, I think we, we may have been, whether we were getting stopped from going to the basement or we were getting hauled in two different directions, um, it was very constant. And I think it may have been this kind of flip-flop thing that was not necessarily toying with us, but fighting amongst each other, and we were caught in the middle of it. You know, it's kind of like the Astor Theater is like a football quarterback that would continue throwing seven, eight yard passes down the field. You can yes. make progress that way, just like the West Coast offense of Bill Walsh and Joe Montana. The Queens County Museum was like the quarterback who doesn't hit very many passes, but when he does, it's a 60 yard bomb down the field into the end zone. And that was when you know it approached Holly. And there were one or two other maybe completed passes. The Astor Theater, a lot of short passes. Was there anything in the Astor Theater that I considered to be as totally mind-blowingly weird as Holly's thing in the archives room at the Queens County Museum. No. Mm-hmm. Um, but the voices on the balcony, the uh, just feeling weird, all of us feeling weird in different places, fine. The cold on the stage and the cold on the balcony and cold in the basement. Yeah. The shadows, the the various sounds that people were hearing too, including when I was in the bathroom and you can hear the footsteps upstairs and stuff. Yeah. It all adds up. It's not a home run. Like the Queens County Museum was the home run. These were a bunch of singles and doubles and walks. And eventually you score some runs using a baseball metaphor. So yeah, they were both interesting episodes uh, or interesting investigations in different ways. But I think they're both a piece of the same puzzle. 
And things are building on other things. So, yeah. uh, and you've got the through line of the Mrs. Gorm story, which really starts in the Queens County Museum and then picks up an Aster. Do you think it was the people or the place? Oh, well, I think it's, I always think it's both. Cool. So. Me too. The people, the place, and potentially the paranormal entities that either inhabit the place or are inhabiting the people. Now, do you think it takes a certain person or group to get these things active? Or do you think, honestly, anybody could just walk in there and and feel this stuff? I've always been curious about that. I'm not the ghost whisperer, so I think... Sure. No, as a theory. (laughs) If there's anything out there, then I would think anybody could access it. Cool. If they keep an open mind. Um, it's kind of like walking down a street and, you know, if you want to talk to somebody, mm-hmm. then make it look like you want to talk to somebody. Like, you know, you're happy, you're smiling, you don't have headphones on, you're not staring at your cell phone. Maybe somebody will talk to you. It might be a homeless cool. person looking for money, it might be a cop, it might be a person looking for directions, but you look approachable, whatever. Right. If you're walking down the street with headphones on, you're staring at your cell phone and you just look like you don't, nobody's going to approach you. So I, That's I, a good I, metaphor, actually. Yeah, I kind of think it's like that. And so we go into these places and we're the person, we're not wearing headphones, we're not staring at our cell phone, we're going, yeah, okay, here we are, you know, if there's well, something here. Chelsea's wearing headphones. True. Um, <laughs> and yes. then, no, wait, hold on. But she That's kind of funny. Chelsea's wearing headphones and her, her attention somewhere else, yet nothing ever happens to her. Almost nothing. Well, yeah, a little bit of weirdness today. Nothing wonder, ever happens to her when she has huh. her headphones on. That's interesting. Actually, really. Um, it's when she takes them off that maybe something does happen to her. At, well, you'll see that in the next episode. Huh. That's right. Yes. So that's it for Beyond Haunted this week. Uh, next week on Eastlink TV, channels 10 and 610 here in Nova Scotia PEI, you'll be able to see episode five, which is our first part of a two-parter at the Cooper's Inn in Shelburne, Nova Scotia. It's an episode. It's two episodes that I like to call All Dylan All the Time. <sighs> yeah. Because it's it's where young Dylan really starts to shine. And comes into his own. Yeah, I got some questions for you later on about a certain demon, but I'll save it. All right. This has been Beyond 